Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here today with stress-free tips to tap into your inner spiritual guide. And we will be talking with Laura Morlando about that in just a moment. But first, I would like to invite you, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, write down this URL, superpowerquiz.us. If you have not taken this quiz yet, I would highly encourage you to take this quiz because it introduces you to your own personal strengths and giftedness. Uh, the, the main thing you brought with you to this life to enable you to fulfill your mission is the the special something that you bring to all of your interactions in the world. And I would love for you to know what yours is because it's so easy to look around us at other people and say, oh, she's so amazing. She remembers everybody's name and connects everyone. Or, oh, she's so awesome. I always feel so relaxed and comfortable in her, in her company. And we don't see the giftedness that is us unless someone holds up a mirror. And so this is my mirror for you, superpowerquiz.us. It takes just a couple of minutes to complete the quiz and get your results. So do that, get to know your own self a little bit better today. And with that to the side, I'm going to introduce our guest today, Laura Morlando. She is the stress commando and helps professionals and businesses network stress-free, work stress-free, and look stress-free so they can be more effective and confident. She's a speaker, sales and marketing consultant, the founder of Working Stress-Free with AI, and the founder and CEO of Down and Dirty Networking, an online community helping professionals and entrepreneurs co-elevate, collaborate, and connect. After going from top-tier corporate professional to successful entrepreneur, Due to her dad's cancer illness, Laura pivoted her business 100% to the virtual space due to an autoimmune and Lyme diagnosis. So she knows firsthand the impact of stress and isolation on productivity and the importance of community and simplicity for workers, entrepreneurs, and businesses to thrive. Welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. I've, I'm like rocking the stress today. So it's nice to have someone with me that I can just go, ah. yes. someone else yeah. who's overcome Lyme, <laughs> who knows what it is to be running on the edge. So tell me a little bit about your life before you moved into like spiritual awakening and really started to move into your calling here in this life. Well, I am blessed with the fact that from birth, my parents instilled a strong sense of faith. So that whole awakening has always been there. It was just a matter of tapping into it as an mm -hmm. adult and really leaning into it. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's like to not have faith, to not rely on being spiritual, but I do know what it's like before where I felt it was something external. Yeah, We're, like, like you've got official. work and then you've got this other thing called faith, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and I knew intellectually they were interconnected and I had experiences throughout my childhood that would make, you know, I think that was the universe trying to tell me and God tried to tell me, hello, they're the same thing. And, yeah. and despite the fact that I wasn't <laughs> kind of getting it, being a little bit thick-headed or maybe all of the information just takes a while to pass through all the curls, well, I'm not and I don't, sure. I don't know that it's thick-headedness or curls because society as a whole has a tendency to, to draw that line and to go, oh no, you need to leave that over there when you come into the office. Well, then there's definitely that. But I think for me, it was a little bit different. As a female in a minority, you're always taught to have to be 150% better than everybody else just to be considered average. And exactly. So you need to do it backwards in high heels. <laughs> yeah. And you wait until you're spoken to and you, you, you just move forward. Now, yeah. that word just, 
I am working on eliminating that from my vocabulary. Yeah, and I, I encourage everybody that to word. do the same because that word minimizes who you are, it what you do, and what really you have to overcome. Does uh, we can use it in the in the uh, in the sense of fair, just and right, but yeah, not you're just this. I was reading a book recently. I'm not quite through it. In fact, I'm still reading it, and it's, it, the title is Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And it's about all of the ways that this, these, what do I wanna say? These molds are kind of forced onto all of us, whether you're a woman, whether you're a, a minority, whether you're a white male or whatever it is, and the damage that comes from that. And a large part of what we're taught in society in the patriarchy is intended to keep us small and separate and in our place, even as a, a privileged white male, there you're still cut off from important parts of yourself. And yeah, it's, it's really, it's been a really intense and interesting read. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> so yeah, going back to where you were going, as a minority woman doing it all backwards and in high heels, um, how did that work out for you? <laughs> Well, I, I think it worked out well, and yet I had to be a recovering someone elser. Mm. And so what I mean by that is you become someone else to fit in. Yes. And that's both a superpower for me and a challenge to overcome. I moved around so much, I got really, really good at fitting in and yes. being what you needed me to be to fit in. And in the corporate space, that really helped so I could be the someone elser. But what was happening is I was losing myself. And I was going to say, yeah, that's exactly what happens when you put on the mask for everybody. At some point, you lose track of what's what's the real you. Yeah, I'll never forget one of the first times that I took the DISC assessment. So if you're not familiar, <laughs> that personality, D-I-S-D assessment. And I remember the coach saying, Laura, we need to have a private conversation. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what did just happen? And so we did, I didn't we think I could fail one of these. <laughs> I mean, I already have test anxiety and I had anxiety, like, am I going to get it wrong? I mean, it was totally triggering my, you know, inner perfectionist. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, when I got serious, I wasn't sure what was going on. And he sits me down and he says, Laura, in all of my years, double digit years of being a coach and being a disc, um, and analyzer, disc, yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. facilitator, they said, Laura, I have never seen somebody who had a disclaimer page with their assessment results. Holy buckets, that's not good. <laughs> and I so said, what was really? on the disclaimer page? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was like, okay. And I'm thinking like I'm getting some, you know, massive health diagnosis. I My, my hands were sweaty. I wasn't entirely sure what was next. <laughs> Can and you tell said, I have cancer from a disc survey? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I was reacting like, oh my gosh, right? And so he says, actually, Laura, he says, you know, with a personality, there's always one that's true. And, and if you're not showing up to the public what's true for you, you're probably living in high stress. He says, I do not know how you do what you do. He says, because you show flat across all four personalities. Oh, my. So again, that ability to be able to be the thing you need me to be, to be able to fit in. That was chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. That was showing up. And he says, but Laura, here's what you are naturally. He goes, so what that means is, is you're probably living in really high stress. And I sat there listening to that going, well, duh, like I could have told you that. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> you need to tell me that. But it was a gift. I, I was able to get along with a lot of people. It's how my career started because I was this ability to have empathy as a, um, uh, an empath and to be able to put myself in other people's shoes and fit in and just do what needed to be done. Uh, but along the way, I never really learned who I was authentically. And so yeah. for me, tying it back to that whole awakening, it's a double awakening of, yes, I was awakened to the variety of different people that were out in the world. And I was blessed with it at an early age. But then as I got older, I had to awaken to who I was. Yes. And what would happen if I didn't need to fit in? What if I was given the place and space to create my entire identity, culture, and wherewithal? Okay, now what? Now yeah. what do I do? Exactly. Who am I? What, what do I want to do? And I, I feel really insecure without someone giving me a role that I'm supposed to step into. 
Yeah, and yeah. the irony of all of that is even so, though that I was struggling through all of that, if I look back at my career, my earlier corporate career, I typically was in positions, even when I changed schools, high school, college, I was in situations where I was the first one in it. So mm. I was creating, kind of pioneering the way. Creating the role, yes. So I'd already been in creation mode and I did put a lot of myself in it, but I don't know that I actually identified myself. And yeah. so that's kind of that journey of, well, I can figure it out. And that was always the faith I had. I could figure it out. It's going to be okay. And just keep moving forward. Uh, that's been true the, my entire life, but even more so now as far as, okay, now I'm being more intentional about it. It's not just on autopilot and the subconscious and the background. It needed to be really intentional and brought forward. Yeah, exactly. How was the stress showing up for you at that time? I like to kind of dig into these things because a lot of a lot of us women, I will raise my hand on this one, will walk around going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then that straw will arrive <laughs> and everything will just like fall to pieces. I remember having one of these moments fairly recently with my father and we we were it was like a year and a half ago at the doctor's office and the doctor came in and said your dad's got gout he needs a gout diet and i just melted down because everybody in the house already has a special diet and they're radically different and a gout diet is like the polar opposite of what i'm feeding myself and it was just like that was it <laughs> No, I totally understand. Hopefully your father's okay. That's a gout diet is a tough diet. I'm familiar with that one, uh, but hopefully that's okay. Uh, for me, I think again, that's the blessing of moving around a lot. You were in new situations. I mean, any kind of change like that is stressful. So you, you learn to adapt, you learn yeah. to fit in, you learn to figure it out. And because of the role, I'm always the one in charge, the oldest sibling, the oldest, yes. <laughs> you know, oldest cousin I, the and all those types of things. The perfectionist, the control freak. Yeah, I, I have to you raise know, my behave, hand to all I, those. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think they would tell me to behave and all of those things. And so to just quickly to sum all of that up, it was, I'd already, I had really strong shoulders and you, you just move forward and then you deal with it after. It yeah. was like, I could deal with myself and emotions later, just get the job done, get the thing done, the task done, whatever it needed to be. And then you could, you could deal with self over, but it wasn't until my father got diagnosed with cancer at the most stressed out time of his life that I had a true awakening that the way that I was moving forward was a hundred percent what my dad was doing. And it wasn't the way to continue moving forward. Yeah, boy, what, what made it completely obvious to you that this was not it. Was it his cancer journey he was going through? What was the thing? Well, aside from the fact that I inherited my curly hair from my dad, I was doing the exact same work ethic, doing the exact same thing, making work the priority that he was. And so if he's getting cancer at the most stressed out time of his life, and I'm doing the exact same thing, I'm getting the gift of my future self looking me back in the mirror. And I knew, my th I knew everything had to change. And it was in that moment that the stress commando was born. All right. And so what did you do with that information? What was the first thing that you kind of looked at and went, okay, this, this is where I'm starting? Because a lot of times when you're in this mode of being the responsible one, the manager, the, the rock in your family, the, the, pro, the fixer, my role in the family is yeah. the fixer. If anybody has a problem, that's, I'm, I'm the call. Uh, how, how did you identify where to start for you? Well, I was already working on managing energy and what I gave energy to. I was already managing on being more present so that I wasn't worrying about future things, right. things that I couldn't control and being present. And when my dad got diagnosed, I really wanted to be present because we were we were going through something and I needed yeah. to make sure I wasn't already with it being dad's not here. Dad is here. He yeah. is present. So let's, let's, let's manage spend, that. Yeah, let's spend time with him. Let's tell the stories. Let's ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah, and so I sat down with my dad. We had lost his father eight months prior to his diagnosis. And with my grandfather, you couldn't say the C word. You couldn't say it. And you and it was a topic you never discussed. Oh. With my dad, I sat down and I said, Dad, I know this is happening to you. And though it affects all of us, how do you want to handle this? Because no one asked my grandfather that. My grandmother, this was happening to her. And so with my dad, I was able to sit down, find out how he wanted to manage it, and then say, great, where's the best way for us to support you? And that's what we did. And in that moment, 
everything shifted for my father, his mindset, everything. And it's why I believe he was not supposed to last uh, for uh, past four, three, four months to the end of the year, uh, but he lasted four and a half years. So yeah. his mindset shift, his ability to manage that stress was a great blueprint that I still follow to this day. That's beautiful. And I, I love that you guys were able to have that conversation because sometimes even when you sit with someone and you go, okay, I know this thing is happening for you and how do you want to deal with it? A lot of times they can't even begin to tell you. It's, it's, do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so I think it's beautiful that the two of you were able to have that conversation in a productive way. Uh, we are coming up on our first break already. Can you believe um, what would be a good place for us, me and the listeners to start looking at the stress picture in our life? Right. Because I know for myself, I tend to like put on these blinders and go, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, until I have one of those moments. Uh, what are some signs we might should be looking for in ourselves? If you're saying you're fine, that's sign number one. <laughs> uh, and, if you, and if that's what you're saying, then you might want to clue in that you need to take things a little bit more seriously. Mm. What else should we be looking for? If you've got any uh, chronic headaches, tension in your shoulders, if you just can't seem to get loose, or if you feel like everything is happening to you and mm. you have no control, you're probably under stress because we all have control. The yeah. problem is when we're stressed, we don't see the difference. Exactly. And I know some of the other ways stress has shown up for me is like this inability to sleep all the way through the night, waking up at three in the morning with my mind spinning about all the stuff that's happening. Oh, and did I remember to order the dogs, whatever it is, right? <laughs> you know? Right, right. So spend some time over the break here with your pen and paper and think about the I'm fine when you're not fine. Think about headaches, tension, the feeling of being overwhelmed, everything's happening to you, uh, being unable to sleep, and uh, make a little list of what's showing up for you and what's going on in your world, and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sofia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksofia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. 
Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with the amazing and wonderful Stress Commando, Laura Morlando. So we've had the listeners make a little list over the break of some of the signs that maybe there's a little more stress in their life than is, shall I say, supportive and comfortable, right? Because right. we need a certain amount of stress, but then there's the ugly stress. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So once we have a list like this, how do we kind of decide on how do we start unraveling some of the, the pieces, right? Because it can seem like, but I can't change anything or it's all going to fall apart. One of the things I would say, and the thing I've learned the hard way, so learn from my mistakes so you don't have to, is simply this. It's not the big things that have the big impact. It's mm. the little things done consistently over time that make the big impact. And so when I was stressed out, and early, you know, prior to the break, I talked about my father's diagnosis and his cancer diagnosis. In that moment, if you would have told me the big things that manage stress, like, oh, I don't know, take long vacations, um, go ahead and get massages, or eat better, sleep better, all of that, though true, gave me more stress. <laughs> the more I heard it, the more I'm like, no, I cannot do I, this. It's I know. Stress. It's just another list of more stuff that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It just added to the, the log of the fire of to-dos. I cannot manage that. And so what I've learned is it's the little things done consistently over time that have the big impact. Fast forward to when my father had unfortunately passed away, but everything happened in a very short time period. So I got engaged, my father died, I moved two times, uh, I started two different jobs and got married, all in about an eighth month time period. So pretty much wow. every major stressor that I could, that you could have, I had in that time period. So to say I was burnt was an understatement, but I'll never forget for the women's group that I'm a member of, the American Business Women's Association, it was the Go Red for Women campaign for the American Heart Association. Yes. Remember, my dad died of cancer, so I'm all about cancer health and caregivers and all of these things. And I remember this cardiologist saying, how many of you know what you're going to die of? And I must have had that, uh, that you know, smarky, snarky look on my face. <laughs> so yes, I cannot play poker. I needed deliverance from my face in that moment. So I got <laughs> called on and they said, so what are you going to die from? I'm like, oh, it's super easy. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have cancer. I'm not going to remember it because I have Alzheimer's and we're super sweet. We've got diabetes. It's one of those three. Yeah. With a few more questions and realizing that my mom and I were caregivers for my dad. The cardiologist said, you and your mom were at greater risk of dying of heart disease because of the stress you were under than your dad dying of the two rare cancers that he had. Wow. I needed deliverance from my face again because I didn't believe this. Yeah, I exactly. That's like one of these, you've got to be kidding me kind of moments, right? <laughs> and I didn't believe it at all until I kept leaning in. Now, I could go on and on, and it's ultimately why I became a volunteer speaker for the American Heart Association so many years ago. But ultimately, what I learned is heart disease kills more women and men than all cancers combined, and it's preventable. Yes. One of the leading indicators is stress. And mm -hmm. so I realized, here I am, my father, in my mind, I believe the cancer turned on because of the stress. I don't believe that to be a coincidence. It's my interpretation of what happened. Yeah. And yet- my mom and I were not even considering what it was doing to us and what a higher risk we were at. And exactly. so all of a sudden in that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, I need to think about things a little bit differently. And it was when I realized in that same talk with a cardiologist, they said, do you have any idea how much time you need of me time every day to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by 20%? That's a good Again, question. Yeah, I mean, I needed deliverance for my face again, so I got called on because um, I was like, <laughs> duh, you know? And and my answer was, well, 24 hours a day. I need, I need the whole day. There's I need no the way. whole day. I'm with you, at least for a week or two. I need the whole day. Then we can talk about something else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so they actually told us it was five minutes. Five. Consistently done every day. That's the catch. Wow. We Consistently can find... Done every day. You can find five minutes. You can. Yes, yes. you can. And it's so a in that doable moment, amount of time. <laughs> I can do that more than I can work out for an hour three times a week or all of the big things that were being told to us to do. for more yeah. of the stress relief. 
I realized you were talking to the ideal client of stress, the person who felt that a PhD in stress. If I felt in that moment I could manage it, then I knew everybody else could. And I have, once I learned that, it gave me permission to think differently. And I said, okay, I'm in control of this. Instead of it being like a feather in the wind and the wind is blowing the direction of the feather, I can kind of set the sail and navigate the way that I'm going to go. And it was just this aha moment to make sure that I started showing up a little bit differently, showing up intentionally and making sure I was stringing together consistent five minute blocks of time. Mm. And at any point I felt stress ink up another block of five minutes. Now, five minutes is the minimum. If you've got the hour, you've got the week, take it, take the week vacation, take the hour. But if you can get to at least that five minute block, yeah. you will be so much better. Let's, and I'll never remember. Hang on. Let's talk yeah. about what goes in that five minute block of me time. Yep. What, what, what goes there? Does it, is it making the list of stuff to do? You know, no, what it's goes something in there? simple. Here's what's simple. The five minutes means you're taking a mental recess. Now, for those of you who had recess as kids, there's a reason. It's for you to burn off steam, to release stress. We no longer have recess for some crazy reason as adults. So you need to build in a five-minute recess from your life. So in that moment, breathe deeply, massage your hands, meditate, pray, whatever you want to do. For my women out there that are super, super busy, like, I don't have time for any of this. Okay, whatever you're currently doing, eating breakfast, eating your lunch, putting your makeup on, whatever it is you're doing, engage all of your senses to be present in that moment for five minutes and not let your mind wander to the 10,000 things you have to do. Yes. So in that moment, go, oh, wow, this food, if you're eating a meal, oh, this smells good. Think of your senses. What do I smell? What am I tasting? How does this feel? Hey, it's a little humid today. And just start making yourself aware that disengages your brain from the stressors and it calms your brain. And yeah, then and, and it brings you back into your body, which I find yeah. is is huge. In fact, the lady whose book I've been reading this past week about the patriarchy stress disorder, she's like, bring yourself into your body, come down out of your head. Yep. If you stay in your head, you're dead. Okay, come back out of your head into your body and spend time in that body. Not yes. beating it up, but just appreciating, feeling the breathing, feeling sitting on the seat and feet on the floor and, and whatever else is going on with it. Just be there. Yeah, absolutely. I The flip side of that is if you engage your senses and that took 30 seconds because your mind just raced <laughs> through it all and you're like, well, yeah. I've got four and a half minutes, now what? Um, in that <laughs> moment, just kind of flip into an attitude of gratitude. So what are you grateful for in that moment? And there are times where I'm like, I'm grateful I'm doing this. Like, I, like I can't yeah, even I, think I'm, of anything. You know, my mind I'm grateful is that I rested last night and woke up this morning. That, yeah. And so yeah. I started developing my own vocabulary of things that I could say in repetition when I didn't know what else to say. So I'm grateful yeah. for my bodily functions. I'm grateful for whatever's in front of me in that moment, whether it's the food, whatever. I'm grateful for what I'm learning today. Even if I yes. hadn't taken the time to figure out what I was learning, <laughs> I'm grateful for what I'm learning today. And then just whatever it is, I'm grateful for right now, I would be grateful for technology to have us connected, to have this conversation. I'm grateful for all the people and mechanisms that made electricity and internet possible. And I would just continue to start building. And when I started adding the people and mechanisms, like all the people that I don't even know. Oh, I know. The, all kinds of people that it took to make this connection right here possible. Yeah. yeah. So I start just saying that and it gets me out of my head. So even if I'm having a high pain day, it's been one of those days, it's a crappy day and you're like, there's nothing to be grateful for. If you start thinking for the things that if they went away, you would miss them. Like right mm -hmm. now today, air conditioning being gone would be a problem. Oh, amen, sister. I am so grateful for my air conditioner. I'm so grateful that it's running right now because we're having amazing, incredible heat in Tucson at this time. And it's and insane. that's as well. So I'm like, I am grateful yeah. for all the people and mechanisms that make air conditioning possible. Or, <laughs> And then I'm thinking, okay, what else do I use in my house? Or what else am I using? I am grateful for indoor plumbing. And I am grateful for Amen. the people and mechanisms that yeah. make it possible. Yeah. And it's like, what is in my line of sight 
that I can force myself to say I'm grateful for. So if I don't have the wherewithal to be silent and do the meditation, if my brain's too much in what I call pinball head, just going ding, ding, ding. From yes, thought, exactly. Thought, 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 thought. I jump into attitude of gratitude based on line of sight. And okay, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. Even if I'm looking at something like, and it's a pile of papers, and I'm like, oh, I should really clean that. No, I am grateful I have those papers. I'm grateful yes. I've got that desk that they're sitting on. I, I do not allow myself to flip to the thing that to is To that negative. criticism. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, thank you for showing up. This is not your turn. This <laughs> 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 gratitude's turn right now. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll we'll get back to you later. <laughs> exactly. I'll say thank you for showing up. Not your turn. Again, I say thank you. Yeah. Keep moving on. So I've, I really have found that this is really powerful. And even with people that I inter um, interact with, the businesses that might be struggling or the entrepreneurs that are struggling or my friends that are dealing with extreme grief, you need to feel the feels. I'm not saying ignore what you're feeling. You should always feel your feels. It's necessary to do that. But the way out of that, you, you really do not want to get stuck in a feeling. You want to yeah. always be moving forward. And so once someone has reached out, well, there, stuck in this there's feeling, a reason that that emotions are emotion. They they move. They move through. And when you're really in it, when you're really conscious and aware of it, I find that most emotions last about ninety seconds. Whatever it is, the anger or or whatever it is. If I'm not in there stoking it with a story, very true. It, it's about ninety seconds. Yeah. That's awesome. And and you're absolutely correct. And and I love that you're talking it's motion. You're supposed to move through it. But I understand because one of the things that I remember my dad telling me, um, I, I was uh, I had an assistant who was um, 18 years old and got diagnosed with her second round of cancer and she already had two children. <sighs> oh my gosh. And oh, so horrible. I remember, yeah, it was horrible. I was devastated. And I remember calling my dad and I said, you know, dad, I really need to know how best to support her. And I want you to be blunt and frank. I'm sure, but well-intended, I've mismanaged even the way I interact with you. So can you please tell me what I've done wrong and what I can do better with her and what I need to do right from your perspective? And don't worry, you won't hurt my feelings, but I need to know. I need to know what I can improve upon to upgrade. And it was really hard to take that because there were things that I hadn't realized I was doing to my dad. And the number yeah. one thing he said was you, the minute people know you have a condition or you've been diagnosed with something, you become that and you be, and you're being treated differently. Yes. So he says, do not treat her any differently. And he says, make sure you, if you talk to her a certain way, you talk to her a certain way and you don't treat her any differently. And I said, okay. So my dad gave me the blueprint. I brought her into my office and I said, and I told her that I asked my dad, and I said, this is what my dad said. I need to know from you bluntly and honestly, if this resonates with you, because everyone's journey is different. My goal here is to support you the best way possible for you, not for me, for you. And not and for him either, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Yes, I reached out to the closest expert I had, but that doesn't mean it's the right way. And she, one, appreciated it. And two, she totally was on board. She's like, Laura, I would prefer not even um, being treated any differently. I said, okay, then we have two options of moving forward. Option number one, we don't ever discuss it. And we're just discussing work and moving forward because you're, everything else you're doing right now is revolving around cancer. She goes, yes. I said, okay. Option two, we're talking about it and I'm, I'm a soft spot, soft landing spot for you to talk about it and get it off your chest. Which of those works better for you in the interim? And she's like, we never talk about it. I said, okay. Um, I love and adore you as an employee. I need permission for me on occasion to check in and ask how you're doing. And I won't do it daily, but I need permission to be able to do that because I'm just going to feel insensitive. It's going to drive me nuts. So yeah. is that okay for you that on occasion that I do that? She goes, Laura, that's totally fair. I said, and when I come to you, if you're not ready to do that, you tell me that. Yeah. And that tells me how Today you're doing. is not the day. <laughs> yeah. That's all I need to know. And we had a deal and we kept moving forward and it was awesome. And I really appreciated having that conversation. It reduced her stress. It reduced my stress. And none of us were walking on eggshells or tipping, uh, tippy toeing around each other. And so I yeah. greatly appreciate just dealing with it honestly, getting myself out of the way, getting my ego out of the way and allowing her to dictate what she needed. And a lot of what she said too was, Laura, I don't know about this, but can I come to you if things change? I said, absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I know when I was going through, um, I went through a series of miscarriages mm. uh, about 15 years ago. And 
it was so hard because nobody knew how to support you and they would they would want to come with all of these well you know just try again and all of these stories about people who it had worked out for if they just you know didn't worry about all the stuff and it's like you know 98% of what you're telling me doesn't apply to my circumstance yeah. And I appreciate that it's coming from a good place, but I would have rather <laughs> you yep. just said, I am sorry to hear that. Yep. And moved on because it doesn't help me to hear about your sister-in-law who gave up and then got pregnant because that's not an option for me. I can't not pursue IVF because of my particular circumstances. So, Yeah. It's tough. And I, I was, I'm guilty of being that person well-intended delivering inappropriately and ineffectively and making things worse. So I acknowledge that and I own that, but I appreciate very much back to gratitude that I learned those lessons so I can show yes. up differently. I can show exactly. up more powerfully and make, have greater impact so that the outcome matches my intention. Yeah. I, I think the important lesson from all of these stories is ask, ask the person who's going through the thing, you know, how can I support you? Do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? Do you want me to tell you what I know about it from my particular experience and research? Or do you want me to keep that shit to myself? You know, exactly. I, exactly. I think that's really one of the keys to decreasing the stress in these situations substantially. <laughs> For everybody, it just reduces the awkwardness. Absolutely yeah. reduces the awkwardness. And now you know how to show up and people feel value seen and heard when you've started out from a questions perspective and egos on the sideline. Egos yeah. not an issue. That's beautiful. We are up on our second break already. Wow. Um, what I'm going to suggest over this break is we've talked about a lot of stuff here. Take your pen, take your piece of paper and write down the things that jumped out for you, the things that resonated for you, or the things that really pissed you off. Because there's always value in the things that really triggered you in some fashion, because it tells you about what inside of you remains to be healed. And it gives you a starting point for that sort of thing, because walking around with unhealed stuff is stressful as hell. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so hang with us, we'll be right back from the break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. 
Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back to Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. And I have Laura Marlando, the Stress Commander, with me today. And we are discussing how to reduce stress in your life. And you made a list of things over the break, um, tips you can use, uh, maybe places where you're reactive, where perhaps you might want to consider doing some healing work or some mindset stuff. Uh, let's talk about mindfulness and mindset, because I know that can seem really challenging if you've not been in a mode of like meditating or yoga or something like that. Uh, how do you start baby stepping into those sorts of arenas? Because a lot of times it feels like, well, I just have these thoughts. I don't have any kind of influence over them. And, you know, I just have this constant noise in my head that I would really like to go away. Totally understand. First thing I would tell anybody who resonates with that, you're not alone. There, everybody I've ever worked with, and I've worked with over 150,000 people, have had the same type of statement. They think they're the only ones that experience what they're going through, and that their head that they can't quiet it. We have yeah. a very loud inner voice, and everyone does. So first off, and they bro, tend to be nasty. <laughs> that is true. That is also true. So you're not alone. I have one of my mentors and coaches says, you know, our brain is a very scary place, and we should never go in there alone. And I Amen. agree. I agree Amen. with that. <laughs> so along those lines, what I will tell you, what I learned, and what was really helpful for me was what I learned is that a negative thought and a positive thought cannot coexist in your brain at the same time. What typically happens is you hear a really good idea. Maybe you love that idea of five minutes of me time. And you're like, oh my gosh, I could totally do that. But then there was probably this other thought that probably started with the words, yeah, but. And I Yeah, but have we have tried to exercise every day. Yeah, but we have tried to. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel that yeah, but is a really nice, plush, cozy, very cuddly little creature that sits on our, our, sh our shoulders. This is why we never get rid of our yeah, but. And it just says, yeah, but that's not for you or that wouldn't work for you or not good yeah. enough for you. Whatever the thing it's going to say. It, it gives you the what? excuse, the out. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And then that word of no, that's not for you or whatever came after the yeah, but grows roots and stays there and your brain just totally obsesses on it. And so now you're feeling worse than before you had the great idea. Yeah. And so what I have learned is that the reverse is true. As that yeah, but statement is growing roots, you have to be intentional. So unintentionally, the yeah, but's going to go there. It's just going to happen. Yeah. That's your default setting. It's a but reflex. You have to be, yeah. Absolutely. You have to be intentional about putting a positive thought in there to push negative thought out. And then be intentional about making sure that that positive thought stays there and you're watering it and nurturing it. So for my really stressed out people out there, they're hearing that and yeah, buts are going off in their brain right now. Yeah, but I don't have the time. Yeah, but I don't have the money. Yeah, but I don't have any of this. What I would say to you is what brings you joy? Is it listening? A lot of people would watch comedians or they would watch the, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos right. or maybe so they make them laugh. What is something that makes you laugh? or raises your vibrational energy. Anytime I can watch a Star Wars show, I am all in. So it doesn't <laughs> matter what it is, whatever the thing is for you that raises your vibrational energy, make a commitment for five minutes to listen to that every day, whatever that is, uh, and then retell it. So mm -hmm. I'll never forget this example. Uh, my, my aunt was a teacher and they would have their teacher meetings. And to start the teacher meeting, they said, okay, for every meeting, every teacher has to come with a joke. And they would start the meeting with everyone telling the joke. And it didn't matter if it was a knock-knock joke or whatever it was. And she told the story how she was getting her coffee at the 7-Eleven and she's frantic. She's running late and she doesn't have a joke. And so she starts asking everyone in 7-Eleven, oh my gosh, I need to tell a joke for this meeting. Does I need anyone a joke. have a joke? Yeah, I need a joke. Does anyone have a joke? Does anyone have a joke. Two things happened in that moment that I was aware of watching her tell this story. Number one, the stress of being late melted away because she was focusing on something funny, something productive, like finding a joke. Two, she found a really good joke and was able to share it in the meeting. And then I asked her, I go, so how do you think you improved the day of everybody else that you asked? She hadn't thought of that. I said, yeah. if they were also having a crappy rushed filled morning, they probably feel amazing for having heard what you were going through, listened to the joke and felt like they helped. They got a mental break from whatever was preoccupying yeah. their or from their yeah, but. 
And she was like, I never thought of that. And I said, well, then did you tell that joke to anybody else throughout the day? And she goes, actually, I did. And I said, so how was the rest of your day? And she's like, well, the rest of my day was amazing. And that actually turned into homework that I give a lot of executives. You have to focus on the positive, whatever it is, and then share it, whatever the thing is. So I always like to start my day. If email is your stressor, if work is your stressor, there's a really, I mean, you could watch this show. You could make sure that you're watching five minutes. This is the first thing that you do every morning to give you something, a boost of positive. Or what is the email that you can get that's a boost of positive that you get? Yeah. When I was going through a really bad time, a really rough time, uh, I had health trouble. My husband was underemployed. We were in a bankruptcy. I mean, all the shit was happening, right? And I knew if I was going to get better, I needed to not be in that all of the crap is happening space. And so I literally put together a soundtrack that I would play in a loop on my phone and it was all uplifting kind of stuff. And I called it my happy track. That's awesome. (laughs) And I would just replay it and replay it and replay it to kind of keep me from going down in the dumps and kind of help to like lighten my life and my load in that time. I think the other thing I'd like to throw in there about mindset and changing mindset is it can be done more easily than you imagine. This five minutes of like really present time you can talk to your subconscious because that's where a lot of this shit bubbles up from in these relaxed moments. And how you talk to your subconscious mind is not like repeating mantras, not that mantras are bad, um, but they're slow, (laughs) okay? The subconscious talks through feelings and through images, symbols, this kind of thing. Um, so in your five minutes that you're spending being present in your body, et cetera, you want to bring imagery and feelings and symbols into that that are uplifting and supportive to you. And it starts to shift this reflexive garbage that comes out the rest of the time. Now, that's that's incredibly powerful. And I'm super grateful you brought up the whole music thing. That's one of the tips that I have, I've given for years is... Um, yes, have a happy playlist, but have a playlist for every other emotion. So for example, if you're having a bad day at work and you've been censoring and controlling your rage and making sure you don't need deliverance from your face, you need to have a rage playlist so you can get in the car, don't drive, but you can get in the car and just, ah, and just kind of rage too and get it out. See, don't that, drive. That's my, that's my house cleaning music. Yeah, <laughs> Guns and right. roses, nine inch nails. By God, we're whipping this house into shape. <laughs> exactly. What's your rage song? Now, granted, you don't want to drive to that because then you're going to no, be road raging, no, the, but you want to get it all out. Road rage is bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but where's your love songs? Where's your love playlist when you need love? Where is your, I cannot handle another piece of information playlist? Like for my husband, that would be instrumental music with no words. I was going to say Enya. <laughs> right. yeah. When I hear him playing that, I smile and nod and say nothing because I know what space you he's in at that moment. You need your space. Just have your smile space. Smile and nod. I might say, I love you. And that's it. That's, it. That, that's about all that needs to be said. And it, But there is scientific proof about what music can do to the brain. And so when I'm trying to write, so with the health journey that I'm on right now, cognitive challenges are a real issue for me. And so, yes, six and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with two autoimmune in Lyme. And all of these simple tips that I'm telling you became not simple enough for me in that moment. Oh, and God, so yeah. I was like, okay, now what? And, and so what I started realizing is one, I couldn't even listen to music. It totally Too triggered much. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was too overwhelming. So all of these things in the five minute me time, not one of them would work for me, not one of them. And so I was like, okay, what do I need to do in this moment? Okay. That's step number one. Ask mm. yourself, what do I need to do in this not moment? Not what should I do in this moment? No, 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 don't no shit on yourself. Don't yeah, shit don't on shit. yourself. That's the exactly. other word that needs to go away. What, what do I need? What would feel good? What would feel supportive? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you get the word should, even if you put your hand over your heart and like, what do I need today? And if you need to rest, this is what I've learned. Rest is doing something. And Winnie the Pooh says it. Rest is his favorite uh, kind of nothing to do. It's his favorite kind of <laughs> favorite, to do. favorite activity. Yes. Yeah. And I realized the power of rest isn't necessarily sleep, 
But sometimes your brain just needs a rest. And so what does that look like? Is it sitting silently outdoors? Is it, it can be anything. There's no wrong answer. And that's the key to removing yeah. should. Whatever's right for you in that moment is right for you in that moment. And you just do that yeah. thing. The goal is to move forward. And whatever forward looks like for you, as long as it's one step, it doesn't need to be a marathon and a sprint. Yeah. It, it just... And it, it can sometimes moving forward can be sitting still. That's, yeah. Yes, that's rest. That's exactly, exactly. what it is. Exactly. And so giving yourself permission to rest, giving yourself permission to have a moment is so hard to do. At least for me, it was. Yeah. And here I am. It takes for, practice. It's a skill. Yeah. Exactly. And so for over 13 years, I had been training people on stress relief and I felt I had mastered it when I got my diagnosis. And all of a sudden I'm struggling with that. And I thought, okay, clearly. I needed to learn the deeper version of this lesson. Clearly there's more here that I can learn and then share out with everybody else. And so I just, okay, well, what can I do? So yeah. what do I need to do? And then, okay, I've got a list of maybe three things. Well, what can I do? And by can, what am I physically able to do? What sounds good to me? What resonates? Exactly. Exactly. And, and if I don't have anything there, I keep thinking of other ideas. And that's what I realized was sometimes just sitting still and letting that mantra go through was all I needed to do. Yeah. I, um, I would have these anxiety attacks at like three in the morning, you know, heart racing and oh, the whole thing. And the brain is of course spinning a million miles an hour. And I discovered that the best thing for me in that moment was it, a very simplified form of EFT, emotional freedom mm -hmm. technique. You know, they, they teach you to tap all these places on your face and under your arms and your collarbones and all of this. Too complicated. I have one yeah. spot on my collarbone for those moments where I just pat. And then when the breathing and everything comes down, we dump everything on a piece of paper. So it stops swirling around my mind and we go back to patting. And sometimes I love that. that's just what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember EFT in that moment either. And one of the tips that I would always share was the power of uh, reflexology of the hands and feet. And I could mm. never remember the points and I couldn't remember what anything is. But if you firmly massage or just massage your hands, taking your thumb, rolling up, you will mm. actually lower your heart rate and you will calm and cool the brain. And so yeah. in those moments where I couldn't remember and I couldn't even remember the acronym EFT, I would just massage my hands and, and just have mm. a moment of just slowing down exactly. and realize that sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. So we have 30 seconds. Okay. okay. Um, I know you have a gift for the listeners. We don't have a lot of time to describe it, but tell them how they can get the surprise gift. <laughs> so all you have to do is go to LinkedIn, look for Laura Morlando, the stress commando, and either post or message me the words um, stress. Tell me that you saw me on the show and I will send you my free gift, which is a reflexology chart that is basic, simple, you can carry with you to make sure you're taking your five minutes seriously. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you to... You, dear listener who joined us today, we are so happy that you came. I hope you got an amazing amount of stuff out of the show. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at AskZofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. Tell me whatever is on your heart. If you love the show, if you have a topic, you want to propose a guest, or if you just want to dump out the stuff that has been rattling around your brain. <laughs> I'm happy to hear all of that and be gentle with yourself. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 